Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. I hope you're having a fantastic Friday night or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you're listening to this podcast episode. It is currently 12.53 at night on Friday, which makes this another episode of Midnight Talks. I don't know what episode of Midnight, of midnight Talks this is, but, but that's not very important. Now today in Midnight Talks, I would like to talk about two separate things. The first thing I'd like to talk about is one of the most important things that I have done that has allowed me to learn the five foreign languages that I currently speak pretty darn well. And second of all, I would like to stress the importance of one particular element of language learning. Let's start with the second thing because it's reasonably quick and we can talk about it in one or two minutes. I've realized recently that language learning is a skill. It's been hitting me more and more recently. Language learning is a skill. When you learn another language, when you try to learn another language, it's not just about understanding how to speak and learn that language. That's not everything that matters. You have to realize that you're not only trying to learn French or Spanish or Mandarin or Arabic or Japanese or Russian or whatever it is. You are at the same time, at the same time, you are trying to actually learn how to, what's the word here? You, are, you need to understand how do you actually learn language as a general overall skill. I find a lot of people struggle to learn languages because they're not very good at the skill of learning languages. So recently this has been hitting me more and more and more that the vast majority of language learners are not very good at the, at the skill of learning other languages. So that's number one. Now, one of the biggest secrets for me, that's the second thing I want to talk about, one of the biggest secrets for me when it comes to learning languages successfully, which I've now done with four foreign languages, French, Spanish, Mandarin, and Gujarati. Gujarati is a slight exception because I grew up with it. It's technically my first language, but I'll be honest, I've studied it actively. And prior to 2018, I was okay at Gujarati, but I was not very good. I was definitely below and like I was at a B1 maybe like a mid intermediate low intermediate sort of level I wasn't necessarily that strong so even Gujarati fits in there and the biggest secret or one of the biggest secrets for me is I have taken a lot of classes I have taken a lot of classes when you look at people who who have learned other languages I think I've probably taken more classes than the vast majority of people who have learned a lot of different foreign languages, other polyglots. Let me walk you through how many classes I've taken. For French, I literally did my education in French. So I've been taking French classes since I was five years old. I've also, I also did science in French when I was in school. You know when you're in school, you have science classes. Well, my science classes were in French. You know history, history and social studies? Well, mine was taught in French. You know math in school? Mine was taught in French. You know, English class, well, I had a French class too, where we learned grammar, we learned how to write and read and, and speak and converse and listen and analyze texts and write essays and this and that. I mean, I've been doing that since I was five years old. I, for, for Spanish, for example, I took classes in high school. I majored in both French and Spanish in university, meaning I would have, I would be speaking on an, on an average day, just in class, just, just with my classes. I would have just as much Spanish and French in a day as I would English 
were very, very close. Not to mention what I would do for Spanish and French homework, like writing essays and things of that nature. I took lots of classes. For Mandarin, same thing. I'm doing a, ma I'm doing a Mandarin major right now at the University of Calgary as a part-time student. So I have three classes a week. Because in university, when you take one course, the one course has three hours of class a week. So think about that. I do three hours of Mandarin a week, just in class, just in class, right? And that doesn't include anything I do outside of class. Gujarati is a little different. Gujarati, I didn't take classes growing up or things like that. But listen, I went to India and I did a whole two months of 40, well, let's see, 36 hours of classes a week for Gujarati. So taking lots of classes has been a core pillar, a core pillar of my language learning success. And I haven't fully appreciated it until now. I suppose in the past, what would happen is I would get caught up in the narrative around people not liking their language learning classes or getting caught up in the fact that a lot of language learning classes don't teach language in a way that is very effective, right? It's very traditional. It's kind of boring. It's not meaningful, it's etc, etc. But listen, even for me, the vast majority of language learning classes have not been taught in the most ideal way. And yet that has been one of the biggest keys that is that allows me to become fluent and strong in so many languages. And I wanted to talk about that today in the podcast, because this is not, this is not a type of learning strategy that is talked about very often. We hear a lot about self study strategies, we hear a lot about applications. We hear a lot about using language exchanges, but very few people come out and say in very clear terms, hey, you can learn a language if you take three, three, four, five classes a week. That is actually a viable approach. That can work. It's works, it works very well for me. And in fact, I will continue to do that as I learn different languages. Here's a fun fact. In May, I'm on the fence about it, but I'm thinking about this. In May, I'm thinking of taking a Japanese course where I would have 12 hours of Japanese group classes every single week for six weeks. And then they're going to give me probably about, probably about five hours of homework per week. So it's 12 hours of class plus five hours of homework per week for six weeks. That's 17 hours of Japanese per week for six weeks. I would progress a lot. I would progress a lot. So as a summary, as a recap of this one little secret, something that's worked really well for me personally, and I think it can work for a lot of others too, is looking at, looking at taking lots of classes, not just one hour a week. I would say a minimum of three hours a week, plus whatever homework you get in that class. That is an effective way to learn a foreign language. It works. I think for many people, that's something that can work really, really well. What I like about classes is it gives you a nice structure to learn a language. Guys, I've launched a, a free program recently called the Language Learning Start uh, the Language Learning Starter Kit, which is where I give you I basically have a meeting with you. We we set some goals. We make a personalized curriculum for learning another language. You get a free private class to get started on that curriculum. It's a really cool package. You end up getting about an hour, roughly in forty five minutes to an hour of my time just in the goal setting meeting, plus my time outside to make the curriculum, send it to you, plus the private class we get, like you get a good chunk of my time. Um, and it's been a hit, this program, because it's giving people a structure. It's giving people a structure to go learn a language. And when you take three, four, five hours of class a week, plus the homework you get, it gives you a nice structure. You never have to question 
What do I do next? What do I study next? How do I do this? What steps do I take? And it's different. It's different than, for instance, purchasing a self-study program because there's less accountability there. When you take classes, there's much more accountability. There tends to be anyway. People are less likely to skip class than they are to skip out on a day of self-study. That's my personal experience anyway. So definitely something worth considering. Now, the last thing I wanted to say today, it's, it, it's something that happened to me earlier, maybe about three hours ago, four hours ago today. On Friday evenings, I, on Friday evenings, I run a Mandarin English language exchange. It's, to be honest, quite, it's partially selfless to help people learn English and Mandarin, but it's also very selfish because I want to practice my Mandarin. And so I set up a language exchange so that I have people to practice Mandarin with, <laughs> if that makes sense. And someone, someone today at the, man, at, the, at the Mandarin English language exchange said to me, Azrin, you're so talented at learning languages. Wow, you learn so quickly. You've got a natural skill set for this. And I looked back at her and said, actually, no, I disagree with you. I disagree. I don't think I necessarily have a natural talent for it. I'm skilled at it. I've put in thousands of hours at learning languages. I'm very skilled. I, I'm not sure if I have a talent. I might have a talent. I don't think I quite have a talent. Because if I had a talent, I think I would learn faster. I think I would know more languages by now. I think, I think I'd have much bigger and better results if I was talented, super talented. But I'm definitely pretty damn skilled. That's for sure. And I might have a certain level of talent in there. But the fact remains this. I told her, I was, I was like, listen, if you took, as, as I'm probably going to do in the spring, if you took 12 hours of class a week and did five hours of homework every week, and you put those, and you put that time in, and you were diligent like that, and you put in hours and hours and hours a week, and you did that for eight years, and you focused on one language, in eight years, you'd be pretty damn strong at the language like me. And she's like, no, no, no. And I was like, no, no, no. She's trying to learn English, for example. Her English is pretty good, actually. But I was like, listen, for your English, have you been that diligent with learning English? She's like, no. And I was like, well, then you don't know unless you try. If you were to put that kind of effort in, you are going to see some significant results. Whether you do it through classes, whether it's self-study, whether it's whatever you do, right? If you put that kind of time into learning a language and you do that for a long period of time, you're going to see some results. And what's interesting, and this is where the talent conversation comes in, the talent level, if you take person A and person B, both of them put, let's say they're clones, they're I, not clones, let's say they're very similar in terms of their language learning experiences. They both speak English as their first language, they don't know another second language, they're entering French for the first time, and both of them put in 5,000 hours of study into learning French over a X number of year window. Both of them are going to be pretty damn strong at French. Both of them are going to be fluent. Both of them will be able to read and write and speak and watch TV and have friends and get a job in French if they wanted to, go past level tests. They're going to be very, very strong at the language. The talent piece is going to, is basically, that basically comes into play here when we look at which one of the two people is stronger in French after those 5,000 hours? Let's say person A is 5% more fluent. Well, that's because of talent. That, that's where the talent piece comes in. Where that natural inherent ability comes into play. When two people take the exact same steps or very similar steps, and one person sees a little bit more results, 
that's where the talent piece comes into play. That's where there's something else going on that is probably out of your control. You know, it's funny. Uh, I have a funny story for you. I was thinking about, I'm thinking of, there's three people I can think about. And when it comes to business, both, all three of these people make more money than me and make more sales than me in, in much less effort, with, with much less effort. And they have for a number of years. I know one of them reasonably well. I know the, actually, I know all three of them reasonably well. And they're genuinely making much more sales than me. One of them makes, if I had to estimate it based on what I know about him and based on some stuff he shares, and I would say one of them probably earns somewhere in the ballpark of half a million dollars a year, something like that in that range, ballparking it, of course. And he's been that way for quite a number of years. The other two are also quite similar. And listen, there's a talent piece in that. There's some skill involved, but there's some kind of a talent, natural DNA piece in that. Because me, I try a lot harder than them to grow my business and make sales and things of that nature. And I noticed that like they make more with much less effort. So they're clearly doing something I'm not, and I could learn it, I could figure it out, and I try to figure it out. But there's something quite not right there for me, and that that's kind of more of a talent piece. I might be able to get to their level, but it might take me longer, it might take me more effort, it might take me more energy and time and patience, right? Not to mention, I value other things. I'm not super driven by money. I'm not super driven by it. I'm kind of driven by it, but I'm not really super duper driven and motivated by money. Not really. And so that's also probably a DNA piece that gets in the way that they, these people I'm thinking of are very driven by money. That's something they think about a lot. They like lavish, luxurious lifestyles. They like having that nice $100 bottle of whiskey, $200 bottle of whiskey that they drink while watching the sun rise, rise up over the mountaintops while they smoke their cigars and wear their Gucci sunglasses. Like they're, they're, they're that kind of person. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm just not that way. So I don't really view money the same way as they do. And so that probably gets in the way. Does that make sense? And so there's a DNA kind of piece in there, right? There's a DNA piece in there. But ultimately, 90% of it is, is not DNA. It's a matter of how many hours did you put in? <laughs> how many hours of smart, targeted time and attention have you put towards the target language? That's most of the equation. That's most of it. How many hours have you put into learning the language? That's 90% of the equation there. There's a 10% at the end of talent, and that's going to be how quickly you progress in the language. But most of it is simply time. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. The more fluent you want to be, the more, the more hours it takes. It's, it's, it's as simple and as difficult, to be honest. It's as simple as that, and it's as difficult as that. It's simple because I can say that, and it's a simple concept to comprehend. <coughs> It's difficult because it's hard to execute on. It's hard to actually make yourself do that. And most of us can't. Most people can't. I can when it comes to language learning, but in the vast majority, in, in the vast majority of my life and other elements of my life, I can't do that. It's really hard for me. And that's everybody. Some people are really good at working out and they can put in the time and energy when it comes to working out, but then they can't do it for language. Some people can do it for 
whatever it is, we're all, we can all do it for one or two things in our life, but we struggle to do it in every element of our life. There's that saying that I've heard, which I'm not partic I used to like this saying, but I'm not a particular fan of it anymore. There's a saying that I heard years ago, 10 or 12 years ago now, probably something like that. And someone once said to me, how you do something is how you do anything, which is an ad admirable quality to strive for, to do how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if you, if you slack off with one thing, well, that means you're slacking off with everything else in your life. I don't think that's necessarily true, but it's an interesting ideal to have because it makes you be very diligent with every every element of your life. But now I've realized as I'm older, I've started to wonder, like, I'm not sure if that's really true. It's not how you do something is how you do everything. I don't think that's really how it works. Not particularly. The way I view it now is, listen, I mean, you've got to try to do your best in life. You have to do your best. But, but some things, you can't be perfect in everything. While we're on this topic of perfection, we'll bounce around a little bit today. It's a midnight talks after all. That's what I do in these midnight talk video um, podcasts, excuse me. Um, here's an interesting interesting thing about perfection. I was I watched this uh this show that's called QI. It's a British show. It stands for quite interesting. And it's really it's it's actually a very interesting show. I'd highly recommend it. You can find it on YouTube. And I watched a little clip earlier today, and they're talking about uh procrastination. They had a very interesting conversation about procrastination. One of the people on the show asked the host, like, hey, why do people procrastinate? And the host of the show, he has lots of these, because of the nature of the show, I believe he's prepared for, for the topic of the show in advance. So he's, he has to study for the show in advance, and he has lots of notes in front of him. And he goes, well, one of the reasons, apparently a study by such and such university or such and such person apparently indicated that the reason that we procrastinate is quite tied to perfectionism. He was saying, according to the study, that people are perfection or people procrastinate because they're perfectionists. And so psychologically, they are they would prefer not to start something instead of starting something and running the risk of the thing they start not being perfect. So they'd much rather just procrastinate and not do it. So it's perfectionism that leads to procrastination for so many people. And it's really interesting. Such a fascinating psychological insight, I think. And I agree with that. Anyway, I could ramble on forever right now. I've got lots of things running through my mind, but it's one twelve. I kind of want to do some Chinese studying before I go to sleep. It's Friday today, so I can sleep late on Fridays because I sleep in really late on sun on Saturdays. Although tomorrow I can't sleep in quite as much. I've signed up for a Chinese class. Hmm. What better? Well, I guess there's no better reason than to study right now. I can do some Chinese studying before I sleep and immerse myself for like an hour, an hour, and like really get my brain in Chinese mode. Wake up an hour before my class and boom, walk into my class with my brain fully immersed in Chinese. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. Okay, that's my plan for tonight. I'm going to bed at 2.15 in the morning. I'm doing an hour of Chinese studying. Well... Probably half an hour because I want to procrastinate a little bit. I kind of want to just putter around the house for a bit too. So, okay, half an hour of Chinese studying. Super intense. Then I'll go to sleep, wake up, have the brain ready to go, attend my Chinese class, and yeah, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> anyway, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. You guys rock. Have a good night. I'll talk soon. Bye-bye.